Go ahead, please. Now it crushed me in preach that he rose from the dead. How say somebody among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Verse 13. First Corinthians fifteen fourteen. Yes. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Thank you. Verse 15 now. Uh, go ahead, please. Yea, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God they raised up Christ whom he raised not up. If so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. If Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. You are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Excuse me. Uh, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first roots of them that sleep. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Verse 22. Go ahead, please. All right, thank you very much. Verse 12, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, no doubt uh, about that. The message uh, of the gospel from the very beginning from the day of Pentecost and throughout the book of Acts, the message of the gospel was that Christ rose from uh, uh, the dead. Uh, how do you say that there is no resurrection of uh, the dead? Do you have freedom to say what you want, whatever you want, uh, in a matter like this? Someone might say, I would like the carpet to be red. Somebody else might say, I would like the carpet to be brown, blue, so on. But we are not talking about such things. How do you say that there is no resurrection from the dead? Because if you're right, then Christ did not rise. And if so, then all that we are doing is vain, empty, meaningless, uh, false, uh, worthless, deceitful. Uh, the gospel is supposed to be good news. Instead, if there is no resurrection, it is fake news. 
It is a, a hoax. Uh, uh, it is uh, worthless. Remember that there are some people who say, you know, it's all right if Jesus didn't rise from the dead because really his teaching is valuable, philosopher, moral teacher, teaching people to love each other, be kind to each other, and so on. The fact that he rose from the dead, or maybe he didn't rise from the dead, mm, not so important. The Bible doesn't allow us to say that. The Bible says that uh, if Christ did not rise from uh, the dead, uh, then uh, everything that we preach uh, is uh, vain. We are found false witnesses. Remember that this is a violation of one of the Ten uh, Commandments. Uh, the Bible speaks in many passages uh, about uh, uh, the sin of being a false witness several times in the book of uh, Proverbs. Remember uh, that the Lord Jesus also is described as the one who is faithful and true, the faithful witness. Several times the Bible tells us that God does not lie. More than once the Bible uses the expression, these are the true sayings of uh, God. Uh, the Bible says that it is men who turn the truth of God into a lie. Uh, into uh, uh, a lie. We are found uh, false witnesses. Uh, your faith uh, is uh, vain, verse 17, if Christ is not raised. You are yet in uh, your uh, sins. Without uh, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we have no salvation. We have no message of uh, salvation. Christ died for our sins and rose again. That's the message as defined at the beginning of the uh, chapter. And so some people might say <clears throat> that Jesus didn't have to rise. The important thing is that he died and he died for us and that death includes uh, the uh, payment for the uh, for our sins, the bearing of the penalty for our sins. Uh, the Bible doesn't give us the idea that the resurrection is a bonus. The Bible gives us the idea that the resurrection is, uh, is an essential part of the work of Christ, the work which saves us. Uh, not something tacked on, uh, uh, extra, buy one, get one free, <laughs> or something uh, of that uh, sort. Now, Paul doesn't enter into details regarding this statement, but here are some ideas why the resurrection is uh, so uh, essential. Uh, look at Romans chapter 1 and verse 4. Someone read for us. And also the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 24. So, two verses, Romans 1, 4, and Acts 2, 24. And declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. Acts chapter 2 and verse 24. All right. Jesus dying and not rising 
Is he God? Is not God all-powerful? Is not God the one who conquers all? Jesus dying and not rising, shall we say that this opens the door for questions and doubts concerning whether he really was God? Because we understand that God's power is above all and that he will triumph in all things. Declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from uh, uh, the dead. If Jesus died and did not rise, then perhaps we might say he's only a man. And if he's only a man, he cannot save us from our sins. He cannot save us uh, from uh, our sins. The resurrection also speaks of the finished uh, work of uh, the Lord Jesus. Let us say that I let us say that I commit some crime and that I'm supposed to be sent to jail for 20 years. All right, Sister Renee out of the goodness and benevolence of her heart, says, I will go to prison in his place. So she is sent to prison. All right? And she's in prison for years and years. Remember, it's supposed to be 20. Now, as long as she is still in prison, let's say we've reached the 10-year mark, halfway. One way to think about things is the following. As long as she's still in prison... She's been there for 10 years. There's always the possibility that someone will say, okay, she's been there enough. Now you serve the remaining 10 years. <laughs> when is it that I know for sure that I am free from the condemnation which I deserve? The answer is when she is released from prison. When she's released from prison, I can say to myself, Whew. don't have to worry about that anymore. The Lord Jesus, bearing our punishment, died. Was it enough? Was it sufficient? The thing that makes it very clear and evident that it was enough, that it was sufficient, and that it was accepted, is the fact that he was raised from uh, the dead. By one sacrifice, he took away sins forever, uh, the Bible says in Hebrews uh, chapter 10. By one offering, he has perfected forever them who are sanctified, uh, them who are sanctified. Their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. The resurrection of Christ shows a finished uh, work. Also, if the resurrection is not true, then the scriptures are false. Then the scriptures are false. If Christ did not rise, then the scriptures are wrong in that they prophesied a, a resurrection and we could include in this the Lord Jesus himself, who on several occasions spoke of the fact that he would rise again. Now, as soon as you say that the Bible is not true, 
clearly and evidently not true in certain areas. And as soon as you say that the Lord Jesus was mistaken, he said that he would rise and he did not rise again. Then this at the very least opens questions, poses questions regarding whether we can trust in what the Bible says regarding other things. But now, is Christ risen from the dead? It says in Romans chapter 4 and uh, verse 25, Rumi Arba wal Adad he was delivered for our offenses and he was raised again for our justification. He was raised again for our justification. If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins. There is no salvation in a message which does not include the resurrection. Then they also who are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Those believers who have passed away, those believers who have died, they have uh, uh, perished. What has happened to them? Well, remember, people can come up with different ideas. Uh, some might say they're gone, annihilated. They don't exist anymore. Uh, others might say, no, they continue, but that would mean they continue in the torments, in the punishment of hell. Uh, uh, in the punishment of, uh, uh, of hell. Uh, your friends, your relatives, loved ones... Uh, those who you knew, who have trusted in Christ, and who have passed away, they have perished. Uh, they have uh, uh, perished. Uh, look at First Thessalonians chapter 4 and uh, verse 13, well-known passage concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus. First Thessalonians 4 and uh, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them who are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others who have no hope. Now look carefully at verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even them, even so, them also who sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Our hope concerning those who have placed their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and who have gone before us. Our hope concerning their situation is founded upon the resurrection of Christ. And without the resurrection, uh, then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If our hope, verse 19 in Christ, is restricted to things of this world. If our hope does not include things beyond death, beyond this world, Paul says, we are of all men, we are most miserable. We are uh, most uh, miserable. Uh, there is this life, and there is something else called eternal life. Uh, and uh, look at Romans chapter 6 and verse 5. Romans chapter 6 and uh, verse 5. It says, if we have been 
planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Without the resurrection, what we have is a fairy tale. Some kind of long and drawn out wishful thinking process. Make believe. We've been taken in. We've been deceived by a colossal fraud. You might as well believe some kind of children's story, especially the typical ending which says they lived happily ever after. <laughs> if the resurrection is not true, then, then that's what we hold to. We hold to some kind of myth or legend uh, some uh, kind of story, but not uh, the truth. One of the things that he says later on uh, in the chapter, uh, look at verse 30. Why stand we in jeopardy every hour? I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what doth it profit me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Suffering for Christ is foolish. Living for Christ with the challenges and difficulties that it involves uh, is, uh, uh, is uh, foolish. Uh, think of the statement of uh, Philippians. Uh, Philippians chapter 3 and beginning with verse 7. Those things that were gained for me, I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Well, too bad, Paul, you just got the fellowship of his sufferings because there is no power of his resurrection. <laughs> and I think Paul would say to us, if there is no power of his resurrection, then I'm not so interested in the fellowship of his sufferings. Uh, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. That is what is mentioned uh, first. If that's not there, then the whole story, uh, the whole story uh, is false. Uh, the whole building uh, crumbles. Remember how uh, at the beginning of the letter, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and let's say verse 22, the Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom, we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, unto the Gentiles foolishness. Now he says Christ crucified, but of course, as I said, uh, the resurrection of Christ is an essential part of the message. And so we might say uh, that in the absence of the resurrection, the Jews and the Greeks are right. <laughs> it's a stumbling block. 
Uh, it's foolishness unless Christ is risen. Unless uh, Christ uh, is uh, risen. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them uh, that uh, sleep. Uh, of them that uh, sleep. There must be a resurrection as far as the believer is concerned. The believer's body must rise from the dead. Why is this? In these next few verses, basically you have two reasons that are given. Two reasons. One uh, is that there is a unity between the believer and between Christ. So, since Christ has risen, then the believer will rise as well. This is one reason he's going to get into it in some detail, and we will uh, look at that detail. But let me mention the second reason. The second reason is that death is an enemy. And all enemies must be defeated. All enemies must be defeated. The Lord will triumph over all. And his kingdom will be forever and forever. Death is an enemy. Death is an ally, <clears throat> consequence of sin. Death will be conquered. And this is not just something that has to do with the person of Christ himself, in other words, his resurrection from the dead some 2,000 years ago, but also with the resurrection of every one of his followers, of every believer, of every subject of his kingdom. So, two main reasons uh, uh, that we see basically in this passage, maybe we could describe it as going from verse 20 to verse 28. Uh, to verse uh, 28. Now is Christ risen. Now, this is an introductory phrase that Paul uses. Usually it is followed by a statement, you might say, of some importance. But now, and something follows uh, a, a statement of uh, uh, importance. Now the righteousness of God is manifested apart from the law. This is Romans chapter uh, uh, 3. Uh, Romans chapter 6 and verse 22. But now being made free from sin, and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness, and the end uh, is everlasting uh, life. Going back to chapter 13, 
uh, and the end of the chapter. That's the last time uh, that Paul used in this book uh, this uh, introductory uh, uh, word or phrase. And now abides faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is uh, love. Now is Christ risen from uh, the dead. That resurrection has uh, already uh, uh, happened. And this is the first fruits. This is the uh, first uh, fruits. Uh, go back with me to the book of Leviticus. Uh, we could consider other passages in the Old Testament which speak of a particular kind of offering that was supposed to be presented to the Lord as part of the ceremonial worship uh, uh, outlined, given uh, in the Old Testament. Leviticus 23, verses 10 and 11. Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye are come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest, and ye shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the next day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. The first fruits, one of the crucial elements of this idea of first fruits, is that there is more fruit to follow. There is more fruit uh, to uh, follow. Uh, look at Romans 8.23. Romans 8.23 and not only they, but ourselves also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, that is, the redemption of the body. Now, we could speak about the verse and the details of the verse, but let me just summarize things in a general way. There is a working of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of believers right now, and this is not the end of the story. There will be things to come. There will be things to follow. Look at Romans 11 and verse 16, where also you have this word first fruits used. It says, For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. If the root be holy, so are the branches. Again, apart from the meaning and the context, let me just say that when there is a first fruit, there is something to follow. There is a lump which is coming. When there is a root, uh, there is uh, going to be something coming. There are going to be uh, branches. Uh, Paul spoke uh, in some other verses in Romans and also here in 1 Corinthians about, about certain individuals being the first fruits of Achaia. Uh, Achaia, the area of southern Greece, which included uh, Corinth. And what Paul was saying was these were the first people who believed. 
But when you say first fruits, again, it is implied there is a connection between these individuals and others who followed, others who uh, followed. The resurrection of Christ comes first, and then others must follow. There are first fruits, then there is the full harvest. Then there is the full uh, harvest. In some sense, the first fruits and the full harvest are one event. You might separate them chronologically, but qualitatively, you could argue, you could consider that they are one uh, thing. Uh, one thing. He, uh, he is become the first fruits of them uh, that uh, slept. Did Adam's sin, verse 21, have an effect on him only? No. Adam's sin had an effect on all of Adam's children. Adam's sin brought physical death, among other things, upon him. And it brought, among other things, physical death upon all his children. From the resurrection of Christ comes resurrection for all of the children of Christ. As in, uh, for since by man came death, by man came also uh, the resurrection of uh, the uh, dead. One of the things here that we uh, might stop and consider, it's a little bit outside the flow of the point that he's trying to make, but nevertheless it's, it is grounded in the statement which he makes. This statement that we have in uh, verse, which verse is it, verse 21, one of many statements that we could uh, refer to uh, which affirm the real humanity of Christ in his incarnation. The Lord Jesus, uh, go ahead, uh, please. Uh, the Lord Jesus, when he came to this world, of course, was God. When he came to this world, the Lord Jesus was a man. He was a man as well. Uh, he was a man uh, as well. Uh, over time, there have been all sorts of false teachings. And among them have been certain false teachings which deny the humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ, which deny uh, the humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ, which say that he was not really uh, uh, a man. Now, someone might say, wasn't he here historically? Uh, some people would respond who hold to uh, these uh, uh, non-biblical, anti-biblical ideas. Some people would say he was just some kind of appearance. You know, the Bible speaks of angels appearing and, and, and speaking to men and sometimes doing certain things. Uh, 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 
in 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 all sorts of uh, situations. So he was, you know, coming like an angel came, but not actually becoming a man. And then you have all sorts of uh, uh, other ideas, like uh, uh, Jesus was a man, uh, but. Uh, quote-unquote, Christ came upon him at the baptism, uh, and then he was man and God <laughs> for a certain time, and at the cross, Christ left, and the man, Jesus, died. And, and uh, ideas of uh, this kind. Uh, by man came death, that is, by Adam. By man, that is, by Christ, came also the resurrection of uh, the dead. The Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 14 that the word was made flesh. At the beginning of John chapter 1, the word was God. And John chapter 1 and verse 14, the word was made flesh. He was made flesh and he dwelt among us. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, Galati Arba wa al-Hadad Arba, when the fullness of time was come, bimil zaman, God sent forth his son, Arsal al-Rab ibn made of a woman, masnu'an min imra'a, mawludan min imra'a, made of a uh, woman. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, uh, Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse 21 and verse 22. And you that were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh. In the body of his flesh, which is an unusual expression, body and flesh being both mentioned, emphasizing the fact that the Lord Jesus, again, during his incarnation, in his time here upon this earth, the Lord Jesus was God and man. First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Zahar Allah fil jasad. And uh, look at the statement of Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is uh, the uh, devil. That is uh, the devil. How is it that people fall into uh, errors uh, regarding such uh, matters? Uh, different different things can uh, can happen. Uh, can happen. Uh, errors can develop through the influence of ideas that are outside the face. The Greeks, and uh, perhaps uh, some others, had ideas that the body is evil. I mean by that skin and bones and hair uh, and muscles, uh, uh, stomach, 
uh, my stomach is evil. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Greeks had the idea that uh, the body is evil, and I think some of them went farther than that to say that the material world itself, not just the body, the pew and the wall and the carpet, they are somehow evil, or if not evil, they are somehow lacking. And so how could God, who is perfect in all things, how could God uh, become a man, how could God uh, uh, partake in such a nature, come into contact with things which are either wicked or uh, lacking, uh, or lacking. And so, from such ideas, uh, people would go in the direction of saying that the Lord Jesus wasn't really a man. He was somehow an appearance. He was somehow a manifestation. If you want to use a scientific word in these days, a hologram, a projection. <laughs> uh, a, a projection. Uh, some kind of temporary, uh, uh, um, substantial phantom. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a contradiction in terms. Uh, and uh, so, people would end up denying the humanity of Christ based on false ideas from elsewhere that material uh, things that the, that the body, the Bible of course says that the flesh is sinful, but in the Bible the flesh being sinful, the flesh is a spiritual principle that resides in the heart of man. The heart of man, again, not being the pump in the chest. Right? When the Bible says that the flesh is sinful, it is not saying that my skin and my nails and hair uh, and uh, hair and other things like that are sinful. Sometimes errors can develop. Interesting to think about this. Suppose, suppose that I am surrounded by people, let's say, let's say, who are continually denying the deity of Christ. Continually attacking and denying the deity of Christ. And so, it is somewhat natural for me to do what? Well, I have to respond to these attacks on the truth because Christ is God. I end up saying, Christ is God, Christ is God, Christ is God, Christ is God. I end up saying it so many times that I can lose the balance that I should have because Christ indeed is God one million percent, but Christ in his incarnation is also man. And if I'm not careful to maintain that balance, I can lose it. Or, or, what can happen is that as I'm speaking and I'm somehow teaching and influencing others, I'm always saying Christ is God. I never say that Christ is a man. And somehow those around me who are depending on me to pass on the truth to them faithfully, they just learn that Christ is God. And then someone tells them, Christ is a man. They'll say, no, Christ is God. <laughs> God and man.
God and, uh, uh, and man. By man came uh, death, by man came also the resurrection from uh, the dead. The Lord Jesus Christ in his incarnation was a man. His resurrection was the resurrection of a man. It was not a different kind of resurrection. Because if he was some kind of ghost, some kind of phantom, some kind of insubstantial presence, then I wonder what exactly it means that he died. And I wonder what exactly does it mean that he rose from the dead. Now, whatever it means, if he did not have a human existence, then what happens? You lose this connection between what? Between his death and resurrection... And between our death and resurrection. One of the points that Paul is making is that these are of the same type. The first fruits are what? Let's say they're wheat. The full harvest is what? It's a full harvest of wheat. It is the same kind of thing. And if in his coming he was not a man, then he did not really die. How can his death be a substitute for my death if it's not the same? <laughs> and then, if his resurrection is not the same as the resurrection of one of his uh, followers, of a believer, of a regular human being, then again, you lose the uh, connection. Uh, you lose uh, the uh, connection. The Bible says in John chapter 14 and verse 19, because I live ye shall live also. لِأَنِّي أَنَا أَحْيَا فَأَنْتُمْ سَتَحْيَوْنَ أيضاً. Look at Romans chapter 8 and verse uh, 11. Romans chapter 8 and verse uh, 11. The Bible says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also give life to your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwells in uh, you. First Peter chapter 1 and uh, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a living hope, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So I have hope because of that resurrection. I have a connection to that resurrection. It is uh, the resurrection of a man, God in the flesh, came, died, rose again, the first who should rise from the dead. Uh, Paul said before Agrippa and Festus that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first to rise from the dead and that he should show forth light to the people and to the uh, Gentiles. To uh, the Gentiles. Uh, Revelation chapter 1 and verse uh, 5. Uh, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten, of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth. Al-Bikr min al-Amwat, wa ra'is muluk al-Art. In Adam all uh, die. Uh, 
we shared in his sin and the consequences of his sin. The Lord did not say to Adam, thorns and thistles will grow only for you. <laughs> of course, thorns and thistles are, were the, the least of his problems, perhaps. Uh, the, but, but that's one of the things that tells us that when Adam fell into sin, all Adam's children shared in the consequences. As an Adam all die, uh, even so, in Christ shall all be made alive. Shall all be made uh, alive. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message, that Christ is risen from the dead, and that he is become the first fruits of them that sleep. We thank you because of the unity which exists because, between the Lord Jesus Christ and all who trust in him. Because I live, ye shall live also. We thank you because all enemies will be defeated. Because the day is coming when death will be swallowed up in victory. No more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, nor any more pain, because the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to know in our lives, even now, the power of your resurrection, the fellowship of your sufferings. Help us to know that your power works in our lives, even now, to do that which is pleasing unto you, glorifying your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.